The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. We mentioned the fact that the way food is produced, processed and even transported has all sorts of environmental impacts and it impacts on the loss of biodiversity. There's a high level of water extraction, there's greenhouse gas emission and the list goes on. So what uh, Professor Laura Pereira has recently done is she wrote an article which was in the conversation talking about how we should look and relook at reinvigorating sorghum. Well, we know sorghum in South Africa is Amazimba, Tinya Mabela. I'm sure you've all cooked it in some form or other. How do we relook at it? How do we reimagine it? And how do we make sorghum or Amazimba or Ting Ting a way to make a huge difference in our food world. Prof. Laura Pereira, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. Good to be with you. Prof, you started um, the article by just taking us back. I mean, there's, there's some research that's been done about the kinds of foods that people are continuing to eat. And uh, this research was done between 2005 and 2010. But I have no doubt that it's far worse even as we get to today with the current economic climate. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think what, um, you know, COVID-19, the pandemic, put into stark contrast for us is just how how problematic our food system is um, and in particular just how reliant people are on economic security to be able to access food um, and that they tend to be not eating very, um, very healthy foods. They're sort of highly refined, sort of high in sugar um, and fat. And that this doesn't only have impact on our bodies, but also on the environment in which it's produced. So, so when we look at that and we look at the cost of food currently, the implication is that actually people are buying foods which are overly refined because they're cheaper. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, I mean, I think if you look at the average hamper that quite a few households are reliant on, on buying every month, it has um, sort of your maize meal, it has white sugar, it has refined white flour, oil, and, um, and rice. And, you know, while those are important um, staples, they're not, so definitely not the foundation of an extremely nutritious diet. Um, and the way that you're cooking those foods, particularly with the reliance on oil, is also not going to be very good for, um, for, for our health. But those are definitely the foods that are cheapest, and that's because we've had a lot of investment um, in the global food system following from, from the, the 70s in uh, what was called the Green Revolution that was focusing um, on how we could increase production uh, to address uh, food insecurity globally. Um, but it focused only on a few sort of very minor, um, very major staple crops. So uh, sort of around the world, we rely on maize, on wheat, on um uh, on, on sorghum and on rice. And those are the four main crops that sort of make up, I think it's about over 70% of our global food system. And so you can see how just focusing on that limited um, number of crops is going to have an impact on what lands up on our on our plates because this is what is cheaper to produce. It's what we do on mass. It's what we trade around the world. So you can sort of see the impact that the war um, in Ukraine is having on grain exports. That's definitely been in the news affecting prices so this kind of global reliance that we have um, has impacted not only um, sort of land use and, and how we produce food, but also um, what, what we land up eating and what lands are being affordable for, for the most uh, vulnerable populations. Prof, I was really interested, to, particularly in, in the reading around sorghum or amazimba, that it is 
probably a food uh, prod product which would or a key food which could be really really reimagined reinvigorated reused at a major level talk to us about that sure so uh, what my research has been looking at in the context of these global food system challenges is trying to sort of rediscover um, the potential of indigenous foods. Um, and so sorghum, uh, amaranth, there are a few other grains, millets, um, that definitely kind of tick very many boxes around this. So sorghum is, in essence, um, a very nutritious grain. It's comparable to maize um, in many instances. It does um, also have some potential uh, other properties that um, uh, sort of linked to its tannins and that could help with um, sort of potentially cardiovascular disease and other aspects. Um, Because it is indigenous to the region, um, it's also much more adapted to the kind of climate systems that we have and we know that we're going to be uh, facing sort of increased period extreme events, potentially droughts, even flooding events as we saw in KZN earlier in the year due to climate change. And so it's really important to have... um, a crop that's going to be able to withstand a lot of these kinds of shocks and so that farmers uh, know that they're what they what they plant is going to still be able to produce something at the end of the day. Um, and sorghum actually has a lot of those characteristics, even though there hasn't been as much investment um, in research around it as there has been, for example, for maize. Um, and so from the health side, it ticks a lot of boxes. From the environmental production side, it ticks a lot of boxes. Um, but unfortunately, as with a lot of other um, indigenous foods, it was sort of very much sidelined. You know, there was this colonial imposition um, in many uh, African food systems of, of crops that were brought over from, from Mesoamerica, such as maize, um, even cassava to an extent, um, and, and wheat uh, definitely. That sort of sidelined a lot of indigenous foodways and, and sort of foods like sorghum foods um, like that tended to be sidelined as salmon foods. Um, that you only are going to be eating this if you're, um, you know, you're, you're backwards, right? It didn't have this progressive angle to it. Um, and, but I think that that's actually starting to change. And um, there's a lot of innovation that's, ha- that's uh, happening around sorghum at the moment because of all of the, the reasons that I've, um, that I've told you, but also because of the cultural connection, because people don't forget, as you said, you know, Tingye Mabele, um, uh, this, these are parts of, of our cultural lexicons, uh, you know, even multibella was a very important, I think, food mm. cereal that we used to see um, on, on our shelf. Um, and so, you know, there, there is still an existing um, system, which is sort of much lower scale than that, for example, for maize. But it is there in the country. And I think that it really could be invigorated to just offer a greater diversity to what it is that we're putting on our plate. And I think that's the core of the argument is that we can't just be relying on these four main staples to be sustaining us through um, the challenges that we're going to be facing around climate change um, over the next century. So we need to look at diversification and we need to look at appropriate diversification. And I think sorghum definitely is one of those key, um, those key crops that could, could help, help us get there. In, in your research, you write about the fact that there are maybe, maybe around three or four possible ways of reshifting how we think about sorghum. And I wonder if you could very briefly go through them. Sure. So if I can remember correctly, I think the first one was I was actually just looking at uh, making sorghum a, a zero evaporated food. Um, so maize is, in order for sorghum to be um, sort of economically or financially uh, uh, competitive with maize, it um, also needs to have that zero food, uh, 
zero-vat rating so that um, it, it becomes affordable. Um, we need to invest a lot more in, in research just to make sure that um, sorghum gets the kind of attention that maize does, that we really look at increasing productivity. One of the, um, the issues with sorghum is that it, it's kind of it's an open, open grain, and so it's very vulnerable to bird predation. Um, and so, you know, trying to overcome uh, issues like that and to increase productivity so that you're able to get uh, a substantial sort of harvest per, um, per, per hectare planted uh, is, is important. Um, we can also look at aspects of public procurement. Um, and so, you know, that's the thing. We can get our farmers to grow sorghum. Um, we can also get food processors um, and innovators to, to think of alternative products, to sort of put a different marketing spin on um, on what could, uh, yeah, on the different products that, that we can get from sorghum. But if we don't have a market for it, you know, all of that investment is, is, not, going to, um, is not going to help. And so to have some sort of guaranteed market, whether it's um, in, in schools and our school feeding programs or something like that, sort of a, a guarantee from um, from the public procurement perspective, you know that that's an, an, another big important uh, angle that we need to focus on. And then I think the final was looking looking at innovation. Sorry, I don't have the article in front of me. Right, no, it's cool. That you, you've, you've nailed it anyway. So okay, cool. But I, but I do think that the innovation was interesting because you did speak about how we rethink and reimagine sorghum. I mean, we always think of sorghum as umkumboti or uh, yes. other forms, and how can one take it much, much further? Prof Pereira, thanks so much for joining us. I, I do want to say very briefly, I recently heard you speak at an international conference at the CSSI 2022 conference. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I wanted to just say thanks very much. It was great to see a South African represented, and I think that what you had to say about sustainability was and, and partnerships, real partnerships, yes. was, was really valuable. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much, and enjoy the rest of your Saturday, and, and go Boca. <laughs> go Boca. <laughs> so Laura Pereira, she's an Associate Professor of the Global Change Institute at the University of the Witwatersrand. What have you used sorghum for in your life? Do you use it at home? Do you have Amazimba, Tingyamabela? Do you use it for Mkumboti? Do you use it for other things? What do you use it for? We'd love to hear from you. And, of course, you can just SMS us, WhatsApp us, and, indeed, just give us a call as well.